Hey, welcome to On the Bench. This is Brendan Sinone. I got Josh Newberg with me today, and we're going to tag team a, uh, an interview that I think is going to be pretty informative for you guys uh, as it applies to Florida State's defense this season. And defense was obviously a talking point after the Seminoles gave up 36 points, about like 2,500,000 yards, and and I forget how many what the time of possession was against Boise State. But but people want to know about the defense. That's the talking point this week, and we have someone coming on, Patrick Burnham. He covers FSU for the Osceola, but uh, he's well, Josh, do you want to give uh, do you want to give Patrick's credentials for us? Uh, no, we'll, we'll we'll read it in front of him. I want okay. him to hear it. But I've known Pat for a long time. Uh, when you said you were getting him on, I will, I definitely wanted to be a part of this interview. So let's hear what Pat has to say. All right, yeah, let's get Pat on the bench. Uh, we're going to dial him up, bring him in. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then uh, then you're going to learn something about the three four defense and what went right, what went wrong, and how it can get better uh, going forward for FSU. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, welcome back. And as promised, our special guest, Patrick Burnham, he covers FSU for the Osceola. If the name Burnham uh, sounds familiar to you guys, well, that's because Patrick's dad is Wally Burnham, former FSU assistant coach under Bobby Bowden, uh, a couple other coaching stints elsewhere, including being a defensive coordinator at Iowa State. So we're bringing in Patrick because he's been around the game of football his entire life. He's played it. He's coached it. He's worked on the recruiting side. He now writes about it. Patrick, was that a was that a uh, thorough introduction? Do you feel do you feel uh, propped up right now and and and, and fluffed up? I, my chest is poking out, man. I feel really <laughs> good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, letting me come on the show with you and uh, talk a little football. Awesome. We're excited to have you on, and, and we're bringing you on because we trust your opinion and know you know that you know what you're looking at, and uh, that's a valuable thing to have in, in today's world, especially when we're trying to make sense of, of Florida State and, and what we're seeing on defense these days. So uh, real quick, Patrick, where can people find your work? Where can they follow you on Twitter? All that good stuff. Yeah, uh, obviously our website is www.diaceola.com, and we are the longest-running publication dedicated to the coverage of Florida State sports that we've been around since 1982. And Jerry Cutts, who was vice president of Seminole Boosters, was the uh, used to be vice president of Seminole Boosters, was the original owner, and he bought the Osceola back this summer when he retired from Seminole Boosters. So I'm excited to be a part of Jerry's team and covering Florida State. And a former member of, uh, of well, before we were on the bench and we were just the Knowles 24-7 podcast, Bob Ferrante works uh, works with you daily, too. So it's a, it's a good group over there at the Oslo that we like. So, all right, let's, uh, let's get into this, Patrick. The FSU defense. Uh, first, 
uh, I know it's something that you were interested in and seeing kind of the intricacies of the scheme and how it's going to play out as we saw they were shifting to, I guess, well, let me start with this, man. Is it a multiple front? Is it a three, four? Like in your mind, what you saw on Saturday, like what, how should I define this defense going forward? Well, I think it's primarily, uh, and I think it's primarily a three, four defense. You know, they, towards the, in the second half, it looks like they tried to play some four, three type stuff, but, uh, I didn't see it very much, but and what we what little we've seen in practice this week, it certainly looked like they were sticking with the three four and uh Coach Barnett, you know, backed that up today that they were gonna stick with the three four. So I think uh they may use some four man concepts but uh from time to time, but it's primarily a three four defense. And so when we're talking about a 3-4 defense, I know most of our listeners have an idea of like, oh, we get three defensive linemen, four linebackers, two of those guys are edge defenders. But but the way FSU runs it, I guess, what are some of the intricacies that you could tell us? Like what what's the objective of a 3-4? What are the benefits of it? And what are the some of the the, the cons, I guess, as well? Well, you want to you want to force the I guess the run you want to force the ball carrier to the perimeter to the east west and not north south, and it's built to really funnel the ball carrier to your outside linebackers and inside linebackers. You're using your defensive lineman a little bit differently in a 3-4 than you would a 4-3. In a 4-3, they are lining up in a three-point stance. They're up as close to the line of scrimmage or to the ball as they can get, and they are trying to push the line of scrimmage backwards, disrupt the blocking schemes of the offensive line, and really create chaos in the backfield. Uh, in a 3-4, your three-down lineman, are playing a little bit further off the ball. They're playing with uh, in a four-point stance with their weight on their heels, and it's more of a read and react and really can, trying to control two gaps and really control that space and allow those linebackers to be freed up and go make tackles. That would be the biggest difference uh, in a 3-4 versus a 4-3. It's not as big a change for the secondary as it is for the front people. What's up, Pat? It's Newberg. How you doing? Good, Josh. How about you? Good, man. Good. Um, me and Pat, me and Pat know have known each other what fifteen years? Yeah, fifteen, 14, years something like that. It's been a while. Yeah, you guys have well, history. Two thousand and six is when I started at USF, and of course I've been coming around camps for several years before that. Uh, I so got to USF I'm, in late '05, so I probably met you right around there. Okay, and then but, uh, of course I know your uh, cousin Jamie very well. Who doesn't? Um, <laughs> some people don't know that they're not the same person. I do enjoy that. They think that, that Jamie and Josh are still one and the same. <laughs> they're, they are very much different people. <laughs> they are very different people. <laughs> I, Pat, I'm proud to know both of them. We don't, we don't need to get into the details of that, but I do want to get okay. into the details of FSU's defense. And, um, after the game, we heard from coaches and players and the, and the primary words that we heard was misalignment. We heard a lot about um, alignment issues. Uh, do you feel like there were major alignment issues? And if those get fixed, the defense gets fixed or is it deeper than that? Well, I think alignment's part of it. Obviously some of it is, uh, as we've heard all week and what, what you saw on film was some gap integrity or gap control. Uh, sometimes it looked like, the defensive line was running too far out of gaps and a three, four system. It depends on what you're trying to do out of that. Schematically you can change from time to time, but you know, you're really trying to control that tackle box with your, your interior three people. You you don't want to give up too much ground. You don't want to get too wide. So 
Uh, you know, I think some of the, I think the transition to the three, four might be a little bit more involved than what people realize. I know that when Shane, which my brother was at Iowa state or my father was at Iowa state, you know, that, that last year they were there, they went from a four, three to a three, four and the transition did not go as smoothly early in the year as it did later in the year. It took them a little while to grow into it. And I think some of that is what's going on at Florida state. And of course, as those guys become more technically and fundamentally sound within that system, you should see improvement. And as we all well know, uh, the more you do something, no matter what it is, the better you're going to get. So yes, I do think we'll see some improvement and, you know, uh, They'll get a they'll get a good taste of the run game against Louisiana Monroe. Those guys ran for 314 yards last week, albeit against Grambling, but you know uh, they had success, and they'll try to come back to that this week, and obviously try to keep the ball away from the FSU offense. So, I think we'll be able to tell a little bit about the improvement uh, as far as playing against the run Saturday night, and of course then uh, as we get further into the schedule next week, uh, Virginia will be obviously be a great test for them. Yeah, it really will. Um transitioning from a four, three to a three, four, do you think it's more, cause I, I also feel like the staff doesn't really know who their best 11 is yet. Um, do you get that feeling? Do you think the personnel fits or do you still think that they're in search of that? I think they've got some areas where they can get better personnel to help them in that, in uh, that particular defense, mm-hmm. you know, in the inside linebacker group, you really need some, uh, as Marvin Jones calls them, manimals, half man, half animals, guys that will get after it, uh, throw themselves up there in the middle of it, take on blockers, get off blocks, and attack the ball carriers. Really downhill people. Uh, you know, based off what we saw Saturday, uh, you know, that's one position group that could certainly uh, be more productive. And you know, I, you know, we'll see how they if they continue. They could improve, and you know, Lars would be flashed from time to time, and. Hopefully he will continue to progress, but uh, I think those guys have to grow into the system for sure. And and with that in mind, Patrick, so like, well, when we had the podcast earlier in the week, we were talking about areas that kind of disappointed us when looking at the defense, and we knew there were going to be some questions with the pass rush, and they ended up getting six sacks. Uh, but but for you, I guess, what stood out as something that was disappointing or surprising that, that didn't quite match up with what you were expecting to see from the defense this season uh, versus what you saw against Boise State? Well, I you know, I, to go back – Go back to the inside linebacker play. I, you know, I thought the linebackers might show up more in this system, uh, especially if the defensive tackle and nose guard could free them up. And you know, I think uh, 108 plays. I think the defense, the inside linebackers, the four inside linebackers were uh, credited with uh, 20 tackles total. Uh, obviously, they did throw the ball a lot uh, in the second half and had some success. Boise State did, but I would say uh, primarily the run defense as a whole. Um, you know, I, I did not expect Boise State as talented as they were on the offensive line to run as successfully as they did. Pat, you've been around a lot of great defenses. Um, you spent a lot of time around the program when it was at one of its peaks, um, back when your dad was coaching. And I know, you know, you weren't in the, you weren't coaching, but you were certainly around the locker room in the program and stuff. Just in your opinion, from being around football for 30 plus years, What's FSU's defense lacking? Uh, you know, I think I think it needs. Uh, you know, you'd like to see somebody step in. I know Marvin mm. is really uh, 
a guy they count on for leadership. I think there needs to be some more leadership, some guys that will get after their teammates and get them fired up and get them ready to go. Uh, you know, I'm not around there daily, so I don't know exactly what happens. But, you know, you really need the captain of your defense or the middle linebacker in your defense to really spearhead that thing. And, uh, you know, I think uh, – and then, you know, again, just experience in that system. I, you know, I, I don't think you can downplay uh, – the fact that they need, you know, they need more time in that system, probably more than any other thought. So, I think those two things. And and with experience, I guess, does come progress typically, right? I mean, that's a pretty logical progression, Pat. But uh, so so with that in mind, like, what are areas that can realistically improve? You talked about personnel; them need to get a little bit better in some areas. I don't know if that's realistic from one game to next to to see jumping. What areas like can we see reasonable growth in? this season based on your experience, like seeing how a three, four operates, like what, what can FSU do better realistically? Well, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to sound like a coach speak or a football answer, but you know, I just think being sound within the system, I mean, playing disciplined football, being where you're supposed to be. Uh, if you've got, if you've got contain or you've got spill, you've got to do it. You got to take on a blocker. You got to get off the blocker. Uh, I think just being more fundamentally sound in what they're trying to do. Uh, Coach Barnett mentioned today in his press conference that they're going to simplify things, and that's kind of the way I thought they would go. And you hear it every year when somebody struggles. Hey, we're going to we're going to peel it back a little bit. Uh, go to do what go do what we did well, and once we can be consistent in that, then we'll start adding back to it. And what you know, just perfect a little little bit of time. And uh, it sounds very, it's a very generic answer, but there's a lot of truth to that, especially when you're in the middle of this transition. Uh, you know, I would like to see the boundary outside linebackers be a little bit more productive against the run. They had a great day against the pass, but uh, you know, they had a little bit against the run, and I think that that's an area that could help shore up some of the problems against the run defense. You mentioned Harlan Harlan Burnett's comments today, and he had a really I thought like an honest and an open eight minute. It was almost a 10 minute media session, which is about twice as long as usually a, a coach will go with us during the season. Uh, and so you kind of, you kind of went to where I was going to talk about Pat. And that was with Harlan's comments about simplifying things. Uh, I think we expected to, to hear that as well, but like, what does that, I guess, what does that mean? Like simplifying, like uh, in terms of coverage in terms of some of the blitz well I, I, it's probably more uh and i'm sure they're going to simplify some things in coverage or you know maybe change a little bit of coverage i know that a lot of people thought they were a little bit too soft in coverage but i think part of that was they felt like they needed the corners to help out and run support uh you know um they you know they had a hard time against the run early and really throughout the game so i think some of that was but i think it's just you know, are you trying to do too much? Are you trying to move your front too much? Uh, you know, are you? I think against the run, particularly. Uh, I think maybe you go back to a more, a couple of base defenses, uh, free your guys up to where they're not having to think as much, and they can take care, uh, use their strength and athletic ability to go out and make plays. Uh, and again, I know that's probably sounds like coach speak because I've been around it my whole life, but uh, sometimes what sometimes what those guys say is true. And uh, but you know, I. You know, I, I think, you know, I saw a couple plays that stand out last week where, you know, two guys went into the same gap uh, and the ball popped outside and there's nobody there. So it's, it's making sure that you're fundamentally sound in three or four different fronts and everybody knows where they're supposed to be and where their help is coming from. So 
Uh, I think things like that will help. Uh, you know, I think that you you looked at the other side of the ball in the Boise State game, the second half. Uh, you know, Boise State really settled down and they did a great job of playing within the defense. And they were rallying to the ball, and they seemed to know where they seemed to understand the spacing between themselves and the next defender, whether it was the next defender inside or outside. So they knew where their help was coming. And, you know, they were, they were able to really slow down FSU's offense. And I think you, if you see that kind of tr- um, transition or progress from Florida State, you know, I think you could see growth within the system. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you can't coach speak this answer. Um, on defense, <laughs> who do you want to see more of and who do you want to see less of in week two? Uh, you know, uh, Dennis Briggs is a guy that has uh, – stuck out to me since I saw him in practice. Uh, you know, all the reports we were getting, uh, you know, people that ha- had inside access or sources in practice that had seen scrimmages raved about him. The coaches raved about him. And, of course, you watched him some in the Boise State game and his ability to come out of his hips and take on a blocker and get extension. Now, you know, just flashes. You, you can't watch everybody every play, but he certainly showed up. Uh, and uh, I think that you will, as the year goes on, you will see him and Marvin Wilson in the game more and more. Uh, you know, uh, Marvin can play in any defense he wants. He was dominant the other day, had a great game. And uh, I think uh, Dennis Briggs has a very, very bright future and love to see, love to see what he's going to do. And I think he's going to be fun to watch. Obviously, the one linebacker inside guy that really stuck out to me was Jalil McCray. Again, you see flashes. uh you know, I think that he's a guy, he's a little bit big. He's, he's young, but he's good mm-hmm. size. I believe he's about 6'2", 230. And, you know, he, he showed up. And, uh, you know, that's you can build off that. You can build off what he did. And then, of course, Amari Gaynor was another kid that just continues to – and he's young. I mean, all these guys that we're talking about are young, and that's great for FSU. Uh, you know, they've got some guys that look like they're going to be playmakers. Amari looked – good against the run and obviously uh, showed his ability to flip his hips and get out in coverage. He had a, he had a great job. I believe it was on a tight end in the end zone. And, um, you know, so I'm, and I've been impressed with him ever since I saw him in practice. And of course, Carlos Becker looked really good on the defensive side of the ball. And of course, um, you know, um, you know, they've got, uh, I thought Cooper had moments where he looked pretty good. And then, of course, I think, you know, there's room for, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that probably need a little bit more time in that defense, uh, to get comfortable. And, you know, I'm not sure you necessarily want to say, hey, so and so is not a fit for this system right now. I think there were some guys that struggled, as I've said, the outside linebackers on the boundary side seemed to struggle against the run a little bit. Uh, Kane, though, and Robinson were very effective against the pass, but did not play the run as as well as I thought they might. So, um, you know, that I guess if you had any, you know, I was paying more attention to the fronts than I was the defensive secondary on, on either side of the ball, to be honest with you. So uh, I guess th- those would be the four guys that I was really impressed with. Okay. Well, you got to take somebody off the field. That, that was um, a little coach speaky, wasn't it? The, the coach in him did come out there. He, yeah, uh, it's all right. He didn't have to name names. We can make sense of it. Um, but, but also, Patrick, you know, in reality, though, you also have to balance that, right? Like, you can't yep. have two freshman inside linebackers on the field at the same time, right? Like, you, you have to understand that if you're going to have 
freshmen on the field, you can't have a bunch of French freshmen out on the field. Oh right? no, you, you've got to have somebody that can get them in the right place. I mean, obviously freshmen are not going to be as familiar with the system and as experienced when the bullets start flying as the guys that have played in 20 and 30 and sometimes 40 games. And uh, so certainly you need some leadership on the field and some guys that can get them lined up, right. If they're misaligned and, you know, guys that can kind of settle them down. But, uh, you know, you, every now and then, you know, listen, no, uh, Dante Lucas is on, he's a freshman on the other side. He's, he's having some good success. Of course, he's lined up to a 50 year senior. So <laughs> that probably helps him. But yeah, uh, you know, and I, again, uh, you know, and they're going to have some veterans in there. You know, you got, uh, Jackson at linebacker is a senior and Emmett Rice is a junior. So if you were to throw, and I don't know exactly, uh, you know, I guess they could wrote, you know, those guys are probably interchangeable at linebacker, but, and, um, so McCray could get in there with those guys, but Lars would be look good too. I mean, he had flashes and, uh, so, but I, you know, they could figure out those combinations. All right. I, uh, I think this was something that was super informative. I think we learned a lot about, about what a, a coach's viewpoint of, uh, of the three, four defense and what FSU still has to do. So, uh, so we're going to wrap up, Patrick. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'll see you guys on Saturday. All right. Thanks, Pat. See you then. Thanks, dude. Bye, guys. All right. Bye-bye.